Welcome to the Today Will Be Awesome podcast, a short form podcast where I share stories, songs, and conversations that aim to inspire you to see the beauty in each day. If you need a little pick-me-up, a boost of serotonin, or just want to hear something positive amidst the constant noise and negativity that can cloud our minds, then this is the podcast for you. This podcast is hosted by me, Kylie Odetta. I'm a 25-year-old professional singer-songwriter, poet, voice actress, worship leader, and dog mom. And I'm super passionate about experiencing the fullness of life every single day, even on the hard days. So my hope is that when you tune in each week, you'll get a dose of sunshine and maybe a slight shift in perspective that will leave you believing today will be awesome. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to episode 10, everyone. I feel like every time I have a guest on the show, I start with the sentence, today is a very special day because... But it's true. Today is special for multiple reasons. Number one, it's a brand new day, unique, all to itself, full of experiences different than yesterday, and that will not be the same tomorrow. And number two, I get the great joy of interviewing Nema Marimi today. Nema works at Mill Achievement Center and is a licensed mental health therapist. She's a writer of extraordinary poems and essays and is a natural encourager. If you happen to be at my benefit concert in March of 2022 at Swanson's Warehouse, then you got the privilege of hearing her perform three of her original poems as spoken word. We're talking today about mental health, which is such an important topic, and I can't wait for you guys to hear what she has to share. So let's get to it. All right, well, welcome Nema to the podcast. Thanks so much for being here today. Hey, Kylie, thank you for having me. So I wanted to let people know how we met before I jump into asking you questions. And we met at a poetry night at Mountain Goat Coffee Shop in Greenville. And I just remember the first thing that I noticed about you was that you were so quick to honor and encourage other people vocally, like out loud. And I think a lot of us, we think nice things in our head or or we're just shy about saying them. But I just noticed right away, you're so quick to encourage and call out the good things you saw in people and to notice them. Like that's just a skill that I think God has given you. And I just wanted to start off our interview by honoring you and saying that I really value that in you. And it was really encouraging to meet somebody like you. So thank you for being that way. Oh, thank you, Kylie. My gosh, I don't even know what to say. So I'll just wait for your first question. Amazing. Amazing. Well, my first question is a pretty simple one. Maybe not so simple because we are complex beings, but tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. And, you know, obviously today we're here to talk about mental health. So what has been kind of your professional and personal relation to that topic? Yeah. Just give us a little bit of background on, on you. All right. So um, I was a mental health therapist up until a few weeks ago, actually. It's a very recent pivot. Um, And I got my master's in clinical mental health counseling back in 2014 at Loyola in New Orleans. Um, And so I actually originally had not planned on going the mental health therapy route. Um, I feel like God just ended up having me on a decade long little adventure in the field. And actually, while I got my master's was the first time that I'd ever gotten therapy. Um, So master's programs in counseling, you'll you'll probably hear this from a lot of people who've been through those programs. 
you end up having to do some deep soul searching, whether or not you want to, or whether or not you were prepared for it. And some stuff will come up that you did not expect. And so that is what happened with my first experience, which was, I think, in my third, like some of my second and my third year of my master's. Um, and then I've had therapy at different times throughout my, my twenties. I'm 33. Um, and, but this last experience with mental health therapy that I'm still on that journey, um, it started in j- this past January has been the most like earth shaking. Mm. Wow. Experience with therapy. Wow. Yeah, I have been to counseling two kind of separate times in my life. Once was when I was 19, and then I'm currently in counseling now. And I just think it's been so helpful and beneficial to me. But like you said, it can it can also be something that is very hard to go through, you know, but you you know there's healing on the other side of kind of digging through some of these hard things. But that maybe makes some people, I think, shy away from maybe starting therapy maybe they're afraid to dive into some of those deep feelings, um, which is so valid depending on what your experiences in life have been. And so my question to you is, do you have any advice for someone who may be afraid or nervous or even resistant to going to therapy? Like from your own standpoint, um, why do you think it is helpful? Do you think there's like a right time to start? Like just any advice for somebody who's maybe kind of like considering it, but a little bit nervous about that. I think that everyone should go through therapy at least once. <laughs> That's my mm-hmm. personal opinion. Um, no matter how much trauma you've gone through or little trauma versus big trauma, all of it. Um, I think to anyone that is resistant, needing to check that pride within yourself. Where is that coming from? What are those fears? And in my experience, those fears, you need to run run towards them um, because there's something underneath them that needs to be uncovered so that you can continue to grow. So it's kind of like figuring out what little issues am I having at the roots of me that are keeping me from blossoming or blooming or growing the way that I need to, um, or that are, that are like producing kind of poisoned leaves. Um, I believe the people that I've known to be the most resistant to therapy at different times were usually either the people that needed it the most Um, whether it was toxic traits and habits toward themselves or towards others or just pain that they're holding. And maybe you are worried that the dam is going to burst and it might, but that's kind of when you have to trust, um, that you'll be okay. I would say making sure you have community that you trust with as small or as big as it is, um, making sure that you have that around you, making sure that the people that you trust and feel safe to tell know that you're pursuing that. I told a lot of people, especially in this last season of therapy since January, I made it very clear to a lot of people in my life, I am actively in therapy. And so there, and it was scary. This was the first time that it had ever been actually scary for me because there was trauma that I'd never uncovered in previous times with therapy that I, that I have been now. Um, but if you have good community or at least really great friends who have your best interest at heart or great family members, let them know, let them walk alongside you and support you. Um, because that is invaluable. It's been invaluable to me. That's beautiful. I love that. And it's, it's so encouraging because I think, you know, a lot of people, 
maybe one of the reasons they're considering therapy is because they feel alone or crazy or X, Y, Z in their feelings or their thoughts or their experiences. And it's so, it's just a helpful reminder to know like you are not alone and you don't have to go through this alone. Even as you embark on this journey of going to counseling, you know, lean into your friends, lean into your family, lean lean into whatever that support system does look like. Um, So you kind of touched on, you know, some people obviously being resistant. Maybe they, they think things are going to be a certain way, or they, they think maybe, Oh, I don't need therapy or whatever. What are some of the biggest misconceptions that you have found people have when it comes to mental health in general? And what is the truth from your perspective? Like just a few maybe common misconceptions or biggest ones that you've come across as you've been on this journey. Um, Stuff like, oh, I don't want to admit, I don't want to feel like I'm crazy or I don't want people to think I'm crazy. That word specifically used, which the stigma of that word, first of all, for people who struggle with more chronic mental illnesses, it's unfair to them. Like this world is broken. So whether it's physically like something like cancer or whether it's mentally, it's, it's offensive to that, but also to yourself of regardless, wouldn't you want to step towards health? So if you do have a diagnosis where that's like physical, where the doctors are like, okay, these are our options to keep you either alive or healthy or living longer. Um, wouldn't you go towards those things? And if our body, the mind-body connection is a real thing, so then why would you leave your mind out of it when that's a part of your physical self? So there's misconceptions about the mind-body connection, about the validity of, of, hey, you get to struggle and you get to have these things that are impacting your life and not need to put the crazy label on it. Um, it just a lot of things that do a disservice. Um, I've, I've seen it with different clients and their families. I've seen it with different friends in my life. Um, where there was not many of them. I have a lot of friends who've gone to therapy, but there was one specifically years ago who I kept on telling her that. And like, while I was in therapy, it wasn't like a condescending, you need therapy. Like, no, <laughs> sorry. I'm not into that. Um, and her response was like, well, I think, well, then I don't want to feel like I'm crazy, but I'm like, okay, but you keep on using your friends as your therapist. Mm-hmm. And you keep on like trauma dumping onto your friends beyond reason. Cause we are here to support each other. But like every time we're on the phone, I should probably start billing you. And she's the only friend I've ever had to have that conversation with. Um, because I noticed this pattern and I was trying to tell her and, you know, because it was repeated cycles that had been going on for years. So it, it kind of depends on you, people have to check themselves of what is pride? What is, what are stigmas that are lies for my family or my culture or even your faith. There's a lot of misconception, misconceptions in the Christian faith. I can speak to that because I'm a part of the Christian faith. I can't speak to other religions. Um, some lies that have been told that are not even founded in truth or reality. Like they're just kind of coming from places of pride or generational trauma, wanting to keep things together. But what you're doing is continuing to like tear things apart by failing to acknowledge and to be honest with yourself. And the the other misconception is like, oh, I'm weak. We're all weak. Let's just get that straight. Um, and I can say that as an Enneagram eight, like if I'm saying we're all weak, then we're weak. If I can say that I'm weak, then you, you can say that you're weak and we can all acknowledge that. Um, so yeah, the misconception of oh, I'm weak and, and this, that, and the other, like it is human to need help. That is one of the biggest parts of being human. So yeah, I would say those are the ones that I've, 
I've come across the most. Yeah, that's beautiful and and challenging and I think just the right way because, you know, typically to to say to someone and to even say to ourselves and admit I am weak. Yeah, in our culture, in our you know, Western mindset, even in just a worldly mindset, nobody wants to say that nobody wants to admit that we all want to think no, like I'm capable, I can do anything. And yes, through Christ, we can do many and amazing and impossible things. And and that's God within us, right? But it starts with recognizing our limitations, recognizing our need for help and realizing that's not a place of shame. That's actually a place of freedom, because when we actually say, you know what, like I can't do this on my own. I need some help. Then we can receive the help we do need. And then we can become stronger and we can become, you know, further along on that healing journey. Um, So that's amazing. And I know just several people in my life and, and my own self at different points in my past needed to hear that. Um, just the freedom to be able to say, oh, I can't do it all. I I can't do it on my own. I need help. And to feel, yeah, yeah, just the freedom of that. And then the grace that comes in when you can say that and and start to take the steps you need. Um, That's, that's amazing. So as a parent or a friend or a family member of somebody who is experiencing depression or who has experienced trauma, how do you recommend that they best support their loved one? Maybe one, as they're going through therapy or two, if they're currently not, you know, going to therapy or open to that, how are there still some ways that they can support them emotionally? You mentioned your friend sometimes was maybe over dumping on, on you and because she wasn't in counseling, but how do, you know, loved ones of people who are struggling best help them in these scenarios? I would say listening and setting the precedent of it's all welcome here. Um, a lot of people, especially if, like our parents' generations, um, for a lot of them, it's new to them. We're having to teach our parents or their generations about what this looks like in a healthy way. Um, And so I would say for them to just listen and to not muzzle, to not give the lie of like, I mean, specifically even just for women or girls or women, um, I've experienced this in my family and I have a, I mean, I love my parents. They're amazing. But where I felt like as a child, my anger was not really allowed. And I had a lot of anger and I needed to express it. um, And for it to be seen as for what it was or taken like for my parents to kind of take it and say, okay, what is behind this? And it's, you know, they were great parents. They all have their things, but that was something that now as I'm on this therapy journey, when I talk to them as a 33 year old adult woman, where I'm like, no, you're going to hear me now. I'm not, this anger is going to be what it is and I will not be pacified. And so just listening to people and hearing their story And being a safe place for that story, even if it hurts, I'm not saying like lies to allow lies to like thrive or whatever, but even if it hurts you or there's some things where you're getting called out to sit with them and also some tangible things, just if you know things that they love that bring them comfort, either offering to do those things with them or providing those things for them. Um, There were some clients I would have where I would tell them, okay, you just revealed a huge thing to me, an earth shattering thing to me. And sometimes their parents about a trauma that you went through when you were younger um, or recently. So this weekend, be aware of like, make your house as comfortable, the things that you love and that bring you comfort, 
provide that. And I would tell their parents that too, if their parents were privy to that information, where it's like, make sure like the things that this client, that your son or your daughter has, that they, that they are set up for success and feeling at home and safe when they really don't feel safe at all right now. And they're being very brave. So that's what I would advise probably. That's awesome. I think, you know, you touched on this a little bit earlier, the mind body connection. And I think it's so um, prevalent to, that you're talking now about how when you're maybe doing a lot of this deep, deep digging and revealing of things from your past and you feel unsafe emotionally to surround yourself with physical things that make you feel safe, physical experiences that bring you joy, like, you know, bringing again, that mind body connection back together that it's yes, we're on a, a mental health journey, but the mental health is so connected to our physical health and our surroundings and, and who we're talking to and, and, you know, all of those things. So this, this isn't necessarily a question I had uh, prepared beforehand, but can you talk a little bit more? more about that mental and physical connection? Like, um, what are some things that you like to do to physically bring comfort to yourself or that bring you joy? Like, do you have any tips for someone to, to have like healthy distraction or, you know, what are some of those examples of, of how you could maybe physically get into a, a better space? For me personally, lately, um, cause my life has felt very chaotic lately. Um, and there's a lot of unknown specifically within this season. And so lately I have been like exercising a lot more exercise, being active, lighting up candles. That was a tradition I used to have that I kind of fell off of lighting up candles in my house that sense that like bring me calm or just, I just like good smells. So <laughs> things like that, um, spending time with friends, watching certain movies, listening to certain types of music. So there's certain types of music that I'll listen to, for instance, when I want to fully express my sadness, but not in a way of going towards depressed feelings or, or anything like that, but in a way of acknowledging to where like, I can grieve with this song more or some music where it's like, this is lighter and this is what I need. So in either direction, um, those are things that I've found very helpful. Spending time with friends, being in nature has been really great lately. Um, now that I can again, cause it's not summer and I'm not being like, <laughs> oh gosh, I can't even talk about it, but yeah. So now that we're back to good weather, um, that's, those are the things that have been most helpful. Um, yeah. And even watching certain, like removing certain things, like right now, part of my journey is like, I really love wine, but removing that more from habits of mine. Um, things that where it's clearing the mind and not numbing, because a lot of times we're going to have this inclination to numb in certain ways, even if we don't realize we're doing that. And because it's easier, it makes the, it takes off the edge in a sense, because there's a lot of edge sometimes. Um, but for me lately, going more towards drinking less has also been very helpful. So more water or other, other beverages. Um, so yeah. That's awesome. Uh, you mentioned your faith earlier and I wanted to know, you know, has there been any throughout this journey of, of your mental health journey, has there been any encouraging words from God in your relationship with him that have, that you have clung to, or that have stuck out to you or, or any verses or, or words that you have just really needed to, to hear, or that God spoke to you throughout this time that has been helpful or healing to you? I'm still in process with that. Um, a lot of what I am currently processing in therapy is also a lack of trust in God due to traumatic experiences I had as a kid. 
um, where it really felt like you were not here because if you were, then you wouldn't have allowed this or this to happen. Um, so at this stage, I don't really have verses. I know one of my favorite songs to remind me of the truth of who God is when I am not believing it is Pieces, originally by Amanda Cook, but also Stephanie Gretzinger has her version too. Um, and then also I've just been going to church, like remaining consistent in my faith things that might not be as much like I'm opening the Bible, although that's a good thing right now. I'm in a weird place with that, but for me going to church consistently and going to my small group consistently and holding on in that way, when like, there's a lot of lies that are kind of being fed to me as I'm healing and as God's doing kind of monumental work. Um, so I would say certain like music helps me get back to God. Also, sometimes some books that aren't like that are Christian, but, but like aware, like this one book, I just finished redeeming heartache that has a lot of scripture in it, but it's very honest and open and raw. And it's not just this toxic positivity stamp that a lot of the modern evangelical church has promoted for decades. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Does that answer? Absolutely. Absolutely. Your story is so valuable, I think. And so many people are probably going to listen and relate to exactly where you're sitting and and how you're experiencing faith and healing and all of those things. So thank you for sharing your honesty. Um, we mentioned this at the very beginning that we met at a poetry night, but we have yet to talk about you as a poet, as a writer. And so how has expressing yourself honestly in the raw, you know, full emotions through your poetry been, uh, been for you? Cause I know I, I, I could say how, how has it been healing for you, but I know for me personally, sometimes poetry is healing, but it's also revealing and exposing and it's scary and it's all those things like, and it can feel very vulnerable, um, which is I think healing in itself, but how has art been an important part of your journey and how has poetry specifically been something that you've been able to kind of work out some of those tougher emotions through? It, it allows my, um, poetry specifically and writing at large, like whether it's essays and stuff like that. Um, it's been healing. It has a lot of healing power and that I can be as wild as I want and you can't refute this. And also I can't refute it. Like what's written is written. And sometimes like God speaks to me when I'm writing. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. It's kind of crazy sometimes where I'll write something and it's like, Oh snap. Like that was God. Um, so sometimes he'll speak to me that way, but it's been a really good landing space for my fury and my grief. I've taken a little bit of a break from writing, just like, I guess a few months where I haven't been as intentionally writing, but I'm probably going to come back into a season of doing that where I feel like I have the energy, um, and the inner resources to do so. But it's been a, art in general has been very healing. One of my really dear friends, I've grown up with artists and like, tend to, we tend to gravitate towards one another. I feel like in life uh, across the arts, as you know, Kylie, um, one of my favorite local artists, Tracy Martin, and she's done a few, um, pieces of me. And it's just crazy because when she'll later from the time I remember her taking the photos and then drawing from those photos to her creating the concept and realizing, oh my gosh, like this is what was either about to come for me when this was originally drawn or the photos were taken for the drawing 
or this is what I'm in now. And that's been wild. So even just seeing God in other pieces of artwork that other people have done of me, um, and just being a part of the creative community in Greenville, I think it's fun because it's very, it's humble and it's fresh and it's welcoming and warm and it's not pretentious. So, yeah. yes. Uh, Greenville has something special on it. That's for sure. Um, so we are close to the end of our, our time here today. Is there anything that you want to encourage our listeners with a tip, a fact, a general word of wisdom or something you just want them to know from your heart? Um, and it could be in regards to mental health. It could be just anything you'd like to say. I would say, and I'm coming up with this right now as I speak, so let's see what happens. <laughs> but I would say, um, lean on the people that you know, and I, and lean on, sometimes you don't feel safe to lean on God or God doesn't feel safe. And people have a myriad of reasons for that. So you get to lean on the people who know God in your life, um, for that, to hold your hands up in those seasons. Um, remember the truth and that you're loved and keep like, your life is not just meant for surviving. It is meant for thriving and thriving does not always look like, oftentimes it does not look like success. Oftentimes it does not look like ease. It looks the opposite. Um, but it's going to be worth it. And I'm telling you that as I'm telling myself that, um, actively telling myself that in the present, um, there's some of you here that you've been through a lot for a long time. Um, and I know what that feels like in different ways and you no longer believe the lie that like God is not for you. Um, and that's a lie that I'm right now having to battle within myself, but I know the truth, like cling to the truth, even when your mind does not feel like that's the truth. And remember that you're loved. Remember that. So that's what I would say. Thank you for that, Nema. And the very, very last question is what is one thing you found awesome about today, this very day? This podcast is called the Today Will Be Awesome podcast, not uh, because it is perfect or without pain, but because we are alive and breathing and there's beautiful things to experience even amidst the pain. So what is one thing that you found awesome about this very day? Well, today I was, I was walking on the Swamp Rabbit Trail and like, I was just feeling myself. The sun was shining. The weather was perfect. I was just like basically walk dancing. Like I have this, I have this playlist. It's really small, but it's called like Funksy and it's like new funk. Like, and I was just, it was just great. So I was, that was my favorite part of today so far, but there's more fun to come. So, I mean, life is wild, but it is so beautiful. <laughs> That's sweet. There is something about being in nature, the way the sun shines. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think I've had a guest on here yet who hasn't mentioned nature to some degree during their favorite part of the day. And I have to say it always makes my list as well. So thank you so, so much for being on this podcast with me. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for the art that you create and release into the world. And thank you for just continuing to show up and, and live fully each day that is presented to you. You are a gift and I'm just super grateful to know you. And I know that hopefully everybody listening today got to see a little bit of why. <laughs> thank you so much, Kylie. Yet again, thank you for having me and thank you for um, being so open and welcoming um, and seeing who people, all different types of people, who they are and seeking them out. Um, thank you for who you are. Love you, friend. Thank you for listening to the Today Will Be Awesome podcast. 
I hope you're feeling encouraged and re-energized to step into this day with a humble curiosity and excitement. I release a new episode every Monday, so make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast so that you never have to miss an episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and share it with your friends. This is the quickest way to help others discover the show. If you want to find out more about me or my music, or you have any questions or stories to share, feel free to visit KylieOdetta.com or follow me on Instagram at KylieOdetta. See you next time.